Hi, I'm Graham Stevens. Welcome to Why We Love Dunhuang. Do you know a place called Dunhuang? A place located along the ancient Silk Road, where humans' fine art and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. A place that not only served as a transit point for trade between the East and West, but also as an intersection of religions, cultures, and knowledge. A place tied up with the history of China and the history of the world. A place that resounded for two thousand years with stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice. A place that survived the tides of time and became a world cultural heritage site for its longest, largest, and richest gallery of grottos of all kinds. Dunhuang is a place born in legends. Its unique charm has attracted people around the globe to come and worship. In this podcast series, we bring you to Dunhuang and walk you through the reasons why we love Dunhuang. Today's Dunhuang is a city of less than twenty thousand people in the northwest Chinese province of Gansu. Population-wise, it's a little smaller than Arlington County in the American state of Virginia. Location-wise, it roughly shares the same latitude with Akita Prefecture in Japan and Philadelphia in the United States. By Chinese standards, it is a very small city. However, this small city has witnessed a history of more than two thousand years. Once a key intersection point in ancient trade routes between Europe and Asia, it is right next to the Kumtag Desert to the west and the fertile land along the Hertzi Corridor towards central China to the east. The almighty Qilian Snowy Mountain is to its south, and there are rolling hills and the Gobi Desert to the north. More than a thousand years ago, there were three trading routes linking Dunhuang with the outside world. It's where goods, cultural products, languages, and religions from Europe, Central Asia, and India met Chinese civilization. So, what does Dunhuang mean? Dunhuang's meaning in Chinese is immensity and prosperity. A less popular meaning of Dunhuang is blazing beacon, which refers to the smoke signal relay system used at the time. It was said that using this system of beacons, it took only half a day for an invasion alarm to reach the Han Dynasty's capital city, Chang'an, a thousand kilometers away. According to the historical record, Dunhuang and its surrounding area was ruled by China during the Western Han Dynasty. After Han Wu Di, the Emperor Wu of the Han, defeated the nomadic Han tribes in 121 BC, it was one of the four frontier garrison towns established after that. Nowadays, you can still see the remains of the Han-era Great Wall and the Han fortifications in the nearby desert. Historically, Dunhuang was the connecting point between the East and the West. In 139 BC, Emperor Wu of the Han Dynasty sent out his ambassador Chang Qian to the west. Chang Qian reached the area we currently call Central Asia, searching for coalitions to help defeat the nomadic Xiongnu tribes. The journey opened the Silk Road between Central Asia and China. 
Dunhuang became the first major settlement encountered by foreign traders who travelled across the desert from the west heading to central China. As a result, Dunhuang began to experience the cultures not only of central China but also of other regions like India, Central Asia, the Middle East and even Greece and Rome. What makes Dunhuang unique is not only its geographic location and historical legacies, but also its great cultural and artistic values. And it's all because of the Magao Grottoes, the largest, most richly endowed and longest used treasure house of Buddhist art in the world. 25 kilometers southeast of the city of Dunhuang, Built upon the sandstone cliffs at Mingsha Mountain, or Singing Sand Dunes, are the Dunhuang Mogao Caves, also known as the Mogao Grottoes, or the Thousand Buddha Grottoes. The Mogao Grottoes contain 735 caves, with 2,415 sculptures and 45,000 square meters of murals. It was listed by UNESCO as a World Heritage Site in 1987. Who built those caves? When and why did they build them? Also, what's inside those caves and how do we interpret what we find there? History is often made accidentally. Let's start back in the 4th century. In the year 366 AD, a monk called Lei Tsun was travelling from central China to Dunhuang and at dusk he was resting by the side of the river at the bottom of the Singing Sand Mountain. All of a sudden, he had a vision of golden lights coming from the mountain in front of him. He could see thousands of Buddhas appearing among the lights. Lei Tsun believed that this was a call from Buddha to tell him that here was a place for meditation and the cultivation of thought. So monk Lei Tsun dug a cave at the Singing Sand Mountain and started his meditation process there. For the next 1,000 years, the Dunhuang Mogao Caves were developed into a large-scale site for worship and pilgrimage. They were built from south to north along a 1,700-metre-long cliff. Some of them are high above ground level, deep inside the cliff and large in size, some of them are just small and humble. The Dunhuang Caves are a comprehensive art gallery comprising of three major art formats. One is the art of architecture in the form of the cave buildings themselves. Second is the art of sculpture and third is mural art. It symbolized the great achievements of China's Buddhist art from the 4th century to the 14th century and showcases the cultural integration and mutual learning among the diverse civilizations alongside the ancient Silk Road. Since the first cave was built at Dunhuang Mogao by monk Lei Tsun, cave building, statue making and wall painting continued until the short-lived Yuan dynasty in the 14th century. By that time, the development of new maritime trading routes had made the ancient inland Silk Road obsolete. The glory days of Dunhuang as a major trading post on the Silk Road between Central and East Asia had gradually faded and were gone. For several hundred years after the 16th century, 
Dunhuang, together with its historical value, remained a treasure forgotten by the world. It was not until the early 20th century that it was rediscovered. In 1900, largely by accident, a virtually unknown Taoist priest opened the door of the library cave at the Magao Cave complex at Dunhuang. As the name suggests, vast quantities of books and documents were found in the library cave. However, who created this cave and why he did so is still a mystery today. Since then, Dunhuang has been approached by explorers from around the world, and what had been kept within the cave ended up in many different locations across the world. What treasures were found inside the library cave and what happened to those collections? Was it a discovery of civilization or a cultural disaster? We'll discover the mysteries in later episodes. Dunhuang is a key eyewitness to the history of both the ancient Chinese Empire and Central Asia. Civilizations from China, India, Greece and Central Asia converged and formed a unique cultural pattern. It has survived wars and a historical campaign of demolishing Buddhist statues in China. Numerous pious Buddhists have gone on a pilgrimage to Dunhuang in an effort to safeguard the land. So, what are some astonishing findings inside those caves? How can this cultural heritage created by various artists with different styles and themes from across a thousand years have survived through to today? Why does Dunhuang matter to the world? Hopefully, you will get the answer to these and other questions from these Why We Love Dunhuang podcasts. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and San Lian Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graeme Stevens, and I'll come back with the legend of the Silk Road merchants in the next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>